Welcome to the Hope Hotline. This is a very, very special occasion for me. For many, many reasons. I don't really know other than one, but it is a special one for many reasons. I just, I don't know what they are just yet. But for one reason, get over here, Kristen. Yep, she's, she's, yeah, mm -hmm. she's like, okay, you know, I keep telling you about my friend Kristen who's moving away and leaving me who I can't stand. Get over here. She's in here with me today. Just for a short period of time. This is her. Yay. Her husband was supposed to go fishing, but God smote that. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So now they're not leaving till Sunday. You know what? We're just going to keep making the fishing really bad, so you just keep living here. Hey. Heather just said amen. That's Kristen. I, you know, I'm a person that likes a face with a name. Same. Are you guys the same oh, way? Absolutely. Same? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Face with the name. That's her. So when I say I hate her, now you got the face to go with the name. Okay? We got Trish here, which I don't know if you've ever seen Trish before, but Trish will kill me. Will you kill me? Yeah. You look beautiful today. You look Come gorgeous, Trish. Listen, wow. I got special guests in here today. You know Heather. Heather, she's an old hat. But here's, here's Trish. Trishy Trisherson. This is my other girl. The love. I love her. She does all of our uh, toddler class for the church. Kills it. You just you. kill it. And they're going to have a great, uh, in two weeks, no, not this Saturday, next Saturday at the church, her and the Kids Rock director are doing a water fest. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a wild scene. Oh, yeah. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So that's everybody in the room. Now you guys all see it. If you hear voices, that's it. That's who they are. Now I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to go backwards to if you guys watched Wednesday's podcast, then this is going to make sense to you. Not that right now. The other thing. That's it right there. <laughs> you don't see what I see. But, okay, here's the thing. Um, me and Tom went out with Kristen and her husband, Lee, to dinner on Wednesday night with Heather and Travis. And remember how everybody said I was a complainer? Well, not everybody, just Tom and Heather, right? Kristen defends me. Kristen's like, I've eaten with you a bunch. You're not like that at all. That's why you can't move. Because it's like me against everybody else. Like, well, Tracy said the same thing, but Tracy hasn't eaten with me I enough. Don't count. To, I never Kristen count. has. So here's the thing. Um, when we went out to dinner, remember how I told you, like, I only, I asked for specific things for specific reasons. But that night I decided I'm going with the flow. I'm not going to say a daggum word. Whatever they bring me, it's great. If it's not like what I like, it's great. It's fine. No complaining, no requests, nothing. And lo and behold, guess what they bring me when I ask for my sparkling water? Show them. Show them. Go now. There we go. <laughs> People, just like I told you, if I don't ask for a glass with ice in it, they bring me a champagne glass, but this time the sparkling water was hotter, like it was held in a cellar or something. Well, a cellar would be cool. This was like in the attic. I kid you not, that water was so hot. But I, did I say anything? No. No, I did not. I drank it. I was a trooper. <laughs> Heather on the other side is 
it, this is the seating. It was me, Kristen, and Heather. And and I would say something, and Kristen and I would be laughing, and Heather's like, I don't know why. And then Tom's like giving me what for. He's like, you can say if you want something. I'm like, nope, not doing it. Nope. I did not play that game. They weren't going to say I was a complainer on Wednesday night. Was I a trooper, Kristen? Yes, you were. She said, yes, you were. Thank you, Kristen. Did you use the cup of ice that I did use the cup of ice that Heather did get me. <laughs> <laughs> Heather goes, did you use the cup of ice that I got you? 100% oh, I used funny. it. Heather takes care of business. <laughs> yes, <she does. laughs> I couldn't do it, but Heather did it for me. And another thing, we have to backtrack on, I forgot one important thing about ghosts. Okay. So will you hit it for me, Tracy? Okay, here we go. Ready? Ready? <laughs> Ready? Here we go. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Okay, I was dancing. <laughs> there it is. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Like that's my that's my jam back in the day. Now here's the thing. I totally, totally forgot to talk about this, which is super important. Which was that's not the right scripture. You're not gonna need that scripture okay, at all, girl. Yet. You're set. Yep, set. Yep. Okay, I'm going to read something to you because it is very clear in the Bible. Old Testament. Why are you laughing over there, Logan? I was watching your head go like this. Oh. <laughs> she was making fun of my head. All right, so here's the thing. We're going to read this really quick. It says uh, in First um, Samuel 28, and we're going to go to 3. You're not going to open your Bibles because you, you don't probably have them in front of you right now. But I'm going to read this to you. It says, now Samuel had died, and Samuel was a prophet, and he was a, he was a great prophet, and he and Saul were like this. In fact, when Saul fell and uh, was not obedient to God, and Samuel had to go to Saul and say, listen, the kingdom's being taken from you. It's going to be given to another. Your family, um, you're going to die, basically. Like, you're not going to, when you die, your son is not going to take over. So when Samuel passed, Saul had, was about to go into battle. And every single, you know, a lot of times kings would go to the, uh, well, Saul was the only king at the time. He was the first king for the Israelite people. But uh, uh, after that, it's a pattern. The kings would go to a, the prophet and find out, are we going to win? Are we going to lose? They would hope that God would t tell them what the outcome was going to be from the, the war. Now, this is where it's important. Now, Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and spiritists out of the land. Why did Saul do that? Because it was evil, and it wasn't of God. So at that time, Saul, when Saul, this was all going on, Saul was making wise decisions prior to this, prior to him being disobedient to God. He had removed all the mediums and spiritists. They were evil. And then the Phil and, and so it says, um, then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shinnom. So Saul gathered all Israel together and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. So he was silenced. God said, you're done. I'm done with you. You're on your own. 
Then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium that, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself because um, he had to disguise himself because the, he was the one that made the rule that if you sought a, a medium and she, you mean, there was heavy price to pay for a medium to actually um, to do her job if you will, like to, to speak to the dead and things like that. So, um, Saul, so Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes and he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct a seance for me and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Now here's, I want to prove to you that this stuff actually is biblical and it happened, but it's not from God. It's evil and God got rid of it. So my main purpose is to, so you understand that, You'll say, well, there's ghosts are in, they're not, there was never ghosts. When they thought Jesus was a ghost on the water, the disciples, that's not because they thought it was, that it was demonic. People will say that, but if you study it out, then you understand this is, it's not what you think it is. And that's my purpose behind this. And Saul, so the woman said to him, look, you know that Saul has done how what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for me to cause me to die? That was the price to pay. There was a heavy price to pay if you did what you weren't supposed to do as a medium. And Saul swore to her by the Lord saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. Because that was his prophet. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. Okay, I could go on with, go on here. But I'm going to stop here and then I'm going to go to the, the study part. The thing is, is I want you to look at that verse. It says, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. Um, she was scared to death because what she she deceived people prior to that when when she would say people had come up and that um, she was speaking to the dead she wasn't really speaking to the dead otherwise when she saw Samuel why would she be so afraid it was unusual for her to actually experience what she claimed that she actually did and when she find when it did happen for her it scared the crap out of her because that's not what she was expecting. And it says in the study Bible, it says when the woman saw Samuel, the woman may have conjured up a demon, but more likely God permitted the spirit of Samuel to actually appear to the woman. In any event, the medium was used to convey to Saul that the impending battle would bring death to an end to his dynasty, just as Samuel had previously announced. So my proof, my, why I wanted to go back to this, and it was so important that, that I go back to it because I left it out. And for me... You can oh the word is what is the proof of of everything that we stand on we and we believe and the proof is about the ghosts that are contact using mediums if Saul removed them that's because it was demonic it was not of God we we are no different the Old Testament we don't live by the Old Testament rules and regulations per se, but there are things that still abide. We didn't, Jesus said, I don't nullify it. It's not nullified. It's just, there's a new covenant and the new covenant did not change that you could go to spirits, uh, spiritists and mediums or Torah cards or whatever the case may be. No one as a believer should mess around with that nonsense 
um, because it's a fraud. And if it was real, then why was the medium shocked when she actually saw what she claimed she did on a regular basis? Does that make sense? Completely, correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Now we can move on to the next thing. If I can just get it to the place that I need it to move on to the next place. Because I didn't prepare myself in that regard. All right. Here we go. First question. If you were given a chance to steal something, what would it be? I have no idea. Would you get in trouble? No, I don't think you can get in trouble. Uh I mean, I really don't love cars, so I wouldn't steal a car. I mean, there's nothing on this earth that I love so much that I would steal it. That I really feel like whether you... Oh, this is going to drive me crazy. Whether you could... Whether... um, Get in trouble or not. I mean, I literally sat down. There's no piece of jewelry that I would really want. There's no car. I don't want to... I love my house. Like... That's why I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was thinking, I'm gonna ask you guys, like, what would if you could steal anything, and get away with it? Well, you would get away with it, but I would feel guilty even stealing. But you could get away with it without getting in trouble. What would it be? Let's see. Let's pull Do you guys out. have anything? Nothing. There's nothing that I would want to steal. Go ahead. Yeah, I, um, when I was younger, and I didn't love Jesus as much as I do now, <laughs> I used to steal music all the time. Steal music. Oh, like, wire. like, um, like, not, not Spotify, but, um. Lime, Lime wire is what it was called. It was, a, yeah, you, online, you'd download the music, and then you'd put it onto a CD. Because I was like, this is dumb. Why am I going to pay for these? I'm not going to pay for a whole CD. I never justified it. that. Yep. I would have, I, 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 don't, I mean, I like music, but what would you do? But would you still do that today? No, no. I don't I, think I, I've ever stolen anything really yeah. in my life. I, I can't think of anything. We're stealing and feeling guilty over, right? Right. I have one. Okay, go ahead. Oh, would you do it though? Would right I, now. If I could get away with it? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Talk yeah, loud. I would steal a ton of money from the insurance companies. Just <laughs> <laughs> like they're doing to us. <laughs> Dang, that's good. Everybody agrees. Everybody concurs in this room. <laughs> All of us in this room. Trish, your house is the only one that didn't get damaged, correct? Did you get damaged from the sh- from the hurricane? Damaged, not major, but like the rest of us. Okay, Trish's house is the only one that didn't, but Kristen's did, Heather's did, Logan, Tr- Tracy, me. Yep. And ours is significant. All of ours was yeah. significant. Yeah. Heather's, although, isn't one that like you – you like look at and you go oh Heather's is probably Heather's might be the most significant of everyone's in this room even though it's one that you can't really see that as well as the rest of ours hers might be the most significant yeah which is shocking but still um yeah all of us hey that's a really great idea okay let's do it you know that that movie point point break point break Let's be point break with the insurance companies. With Patrick Swayze. I get to be Patrick Swayze. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Keanu Reeves. Mm. No, I want to be Patrick Swayze. Yeah. The rest of you can be whoever you want to be. Patrick Swayze? No, he does not have a girlfriend. Why? Do you want to be my girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) Heather wants to be your girlfriend. Keanu Reeves had a girlfriend. But... 
I mean, Heather, that would be kind of incestuous and lesbian all at the same time. Because here's the thing, girl on girl crime. And then on top of that, you're like my kid. So that's incest and that's, that's it. I think that I can go lesbian, but I don't think I could go incest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> go big or go home. Yeah. Oh, no, man. I don't think I can go lesbian. I'm just saying, like, I can't do both. <laughs> You're only going to get one or the other. And the incest is just disgusting. Both of them are disgusting, to be honest with you, but whatever. Um, that was a bit more than anybody else wanted to know, huh? Probably not. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I can't take it back. I don't know. <laughs> I really know. don't know. It's not. It hasn't gone somewhere good. I can promise you that. And I didn't even mean to take it there. That was Heather. I blame Heather. Yeah. Next question. It's really hard not to hate people. Amen. Especially in the times we live in. How do we love people that hate us and not hate them back? That's, listen, outside of Jesus, it's very, very hard because the world we live in today makes it extremely, extremely difficult not to like, I find the older I get, the less, like I get irritated with people, but I don't like, I used to get irritated with people and then I would hate their guts and then not forgive them for a really long time. Whereas now, I just get irritated and then stop being irritated with them. I don't. The closer you are to somebody, it's really easy to hate them, I think. I mean, am I wrong about that? No, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I think that they say that there's a fine line between love and hate. I really think that there really is a very fine line between that. Yeah. If you really love somebody and then they kind of... Um, what do you call it? Um, uh, they kind of, uh, not kind of, if they they are with, I'm trying to think of the word, right word for it. Um, but they do you wrong. What is it when they do you wrong? Betray. Gosh, thank you. <coughs> Swallowed wrong. <coughs> Yeah, like the more you love somebody and the more they betray you, <clears throat> the more they betray you. Yeah, no, it's true. It's really hard not to hate. Like, I think that's why, like, uh, I think that's why, like, m people who are married and then somebody betrays them and it's an adulterous affair yeah. or something like yeah. that. Or <clears throat> it's not even adultery. Like, I've known people who've been married and the spouse is out spending money and has put them so deep in debt that, and I'm not talking a little bit in debt. I'm talking about like they can't even get out of, get out of it. Like it's going to be virtually impossible for them to get out of it. And so they, it's like they're living two different lives, yeah. right? Like yeah. somebody who commits adultery commits, is like they live two, two different lives. Um, or I've known people that are married and everything that the spouse says is not, it's not even the truth about nothing, about everything. Everything they say is, is a lie. Like they can never tell the truth. For whatever reason, they just don't tell the truth. So who are you married to? Like you thought you, I just think there's such a fine line with, especially betrayal. Mm-hmm. 
But I think parents feel it with their kids. Like, how do you overcome not hating that person? Especially if you want to stay married and the person's cheated on you. I mean, like spending, come on, that's easy to to forgive. I mean, who cares? I mean, I guess if you're in hawk up to a hundred plus thousand dollars, I guess you would say, I, I mean, that would be a different story. Or people who have gambled, like that's the stuff, like people who secretly gamble and then, or do drugs and then been hiding the drugs or alcohol. I mean, that that is so common today. And like you sit there and think that they say that they've given up drinking and they're hiding it and, or even smoking. Like I've known people who say they don't smoke anymore, but they're, they're like secretly smoking like that's betrayal i don't care what anybody says how do you like believe a word the person says if they're doing the very thing that they're promising you they're not doing but but there are some things that are far worse than other things in marriage and i'm just telling you like even dating somebody who's betrayed you like it's hard logan were you going to say something because you look like you're about to say something like it's really really hard not to hate Because that's the only people that I have found myself, like people who have been very, very close with me, friends, very close friends, and they they may not even betray you, but they don't do you right, or they act like one thing, but really it's another thing behind your back. And it's not even a betrayal per se, it's like they have an agenda behind your back, and that's if it's a very close person for me and you have such a great trust for them, like for me, that would be, now I now I would never hate them. Right. But back in the day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. mad yeah. to the point of wanting to hate. So I get somebody saying, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Outside of Jesus, it's virtually impossible. Right. I agree, 100%. Yeah, 100%. because you understand, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. I think everybody in this life, you can turn yourself on though. I think everybody in this life Absolutely. I don't think, I mean, does everybody in this room, do you to some degree understand like what, how, how fine of a line of like love and hate is so close or do you not see it like that? You don't, Heather does not see it like that. You don't like, you have never, have you ever loved somebody so much that they did something like almost unforgivable and you were like, Oh, I can't stand them. Never. You're a good person. But nobody's ever like done you so wrong. Oh yeah, but I love them. She says, "If I love you, I love you." So I, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Like, I haven't. I mean, for me, like, how about you, Kristen? Have nobody's ever dogged you so bad? Lost her best friend of twenty-something years. She went. She went crazy. You love and care, but you're mad at her. Because it's hard, man. No, you probably have forgiven her, but it's hard to, like, get beyond that. Yeah, I know. Like, I can think of one time in my life I literally hated somebody so dang much. And that's because of cheating. Mm -hmm. Like, I, like, it took a long time for me not to hate other people and hate them because of it. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I literally, there was so much hate in my heart. I was a mean, mean, you know. I can't even imagine. You can't imagine me mean? I'm just oh, you're being funny. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> what is, what um, alcohol, 
What alcoholic drink have you been drinking? What was that alcoholic drink we just saw at the place we ate at? Kristen, we were making fun of it. What was it? I don't remember. Yeah, it was making fun. We were going to give a child it because because he needed to, like, I don't know. We were trying to make him be nice to somebody, even though he was really not being kind. But we were like, let's fill him up with that sucker, and then he'll take a nap. But I know, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I totally do. If I didn't love Jesus the way that I loved Jesus when I went through being cheated on, there's no way I wouldn't have hated both of them. There's no way. Yeah. But I loved him. So I would had been seeking him for like 11 months, like hardcore, like Jesus in getting rid of all distractions. And then when it happened, like I was like, okay, this is hard, but, but doable. But doable with Jesus. Otherwise, it's not doable without him because I was not saved. Right. At all. Yeah. And. Yeah. Oh, I was so angry and bitter. All you want to do is revenge. To anybody and everybody. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And then how do you trust again after that? That's the tough part. And that's why I thought I would never get married. Right. Because I thought I would never trust anybody. And But here's the thing. The hope is, like, if a friend has screwed you up mm-hmm. and screwed you over, if you're following Jesus, God's got a better replacement. 100%. And he will, like, shock you to the core. Right. Like, he'll, whatever was destroyed, right. he'll renew. Yep. And, like, for me, he brought me Tom, which... Every single thing that I needed in a man to make me feel assured of myself as far as and about a relationship Same. was all in Tom. So for me, like God is faithful. Yeah. He really, really is. Yeah. It's where it's us. Like if we get ourselves to the place where we can get that. But um, yours was fast. Mine was slow. Mm-hmm. Kristen's still working on hers. <laughs> <laughs> Although we've replaced that person in her life, so she's doing great. What were you? Yeah, she said God removes people in your lives that aren't supposed to be there, when gives you better. But I agree with you one hundred percent about that. He remove God will remove them if you allow them to be removed. Some people just fight so hard yeah. for relationships right. that are to- uh, that are so toxic. Like, they fight to keep them, and it's just like, if you would just let them go, mm-hmm. yeah. you would have such a, a better outcome. Mm-hmm. But people are afraid, especially women in bad relationships, marriage or not. You're, they're so afraid that, they're, that, will I find someone better? Like, their their self-esteem is so low right. that they're like, what if this is it? Right. What if I can't get anybody better than this? I might as well stick with this. Mm-hmm. Girl, you can do bad by yourself. Exactly. That's what I used to always say. Exactly. You can do ba- better, bad by yourself. You don't need help. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just move on. And listen, as far as friendships go, <clears throat> unless you are a disease, like your personality is like a disease, you'll find somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like Norma says to me, like when she was very young, because she didn't have a lot of friends around her um, that were girls her age and stuff like that. So she really didn't, she always communicated with older people and things like that. So she's had to learn how to communicate and not always talk about herself or about different things. I mean, we're always learning and developing ourselves to to have better personalities. But the one thing Norma did is like, if we said, this is a bad habit, you need, when you're, you need to fix that about yourself. 
And the thing is, is she was just telling me, she's like, man, if you guys hadn't told me, like, she's like, I probably have no friends. But the thing was is, and she's not, she would tell you, I'm still evolving and fixing myself. But how many people have really bad personalities? People have told them, listen, that's annoying. I don't even want to be around you because this is annoying. And they just totally ignore it. But then they wonder, why don't I have friends? I know. I don't, like, fix yourself. Right. Don't blame everybody else, right. but fix yourself. Right. But a lot of people don't want to do that. So let's go to Scripture. Luke six twenty seven through 36. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. And that's a tough thing, but it's a requirement. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. And if someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. When I say this, that doesn't mean be a doormat. That doesn't mean to let everybody walk on you, but it does mean even those who are horrible to you, when you see them, you love them. It's like I always use the example. If you see someone on the side of the road that has been just dog ugly and horrible to you, you pull your car over and you help them, whatever that means. If they got a flat tire, you help them fix that flat tire. If they've run out of gas, you take them down the road to get gas. I mean, there is pretty much nothing that I won't do for anyone um, within reason. I won't lend to somebody who doesn't know how to pay back after I've lent to them one time or two times. I don't do that because you're not helping them. You're enabling bad behavior on their part. But there are other ways to get around that. Um, but you can still help people without enabling bad behavior. But you always forgive and you always love them. You don't have to like them, but you have to love them. And you have to show the love of Christ, especially to somebody who's not saved. If they're not saved, if you're hateful to them, how are you ever going to get them saved? Because they don't even know. Like, we have such high expectations for, for people who are, who are not saved. But how do they know? They don't know. They have scales on their eyes, just like we had scales on our eyes. And you cannot have an expectation for someone that you yourself did not have when you weren't saved. I talk to people all the time. They get frustrated with um, their kids or whatever. They're saved, and their kids aren't saved. And they get frustrated with their kids because they should know better or they should do this. But I'm like... But you didn't, when you, or when they do first get saved, they think that they should come along much faster than what they do. My thing is, is how fast did you move when you got saved? 
don't have an expectation of someone that you yourself did not attain. If they're moving and they're moving forward, that's important. It's only when they stop or they go back. That's when you should get frustrated. But if they're moving forward, even if it's not at your pace, who's to say that once they get past this one little thing that they don't catapult and go faster? But us saying things and getting frustrated is not going to help them. It does not make the situation go faster. Sometimes it actually causes it to go stand still or go backwards because they get frustrated and they're like, I want nothing that you have to offer. So we have to be super careful about that. Um, Luke six twenty seven through um that's Luke six twenty seven through thirty six. Write that down. That's super important. If you don't, if you don't like somebody, write that down because you you need that. Uh, you need to remember that on a daily basis. Matthew five forty one is so good. It says, "If anyone forces, just as Jesus saying, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles." Does anybody understand what Jesus was saying when he said that? Most don't. I mean, do you guys know why he said that? I'd love to hear your... No? Yeah. I didn't know. I, I that, that sentence always perplexed me up until about 10 years ago. What does it mean if somebody forces you to go one mile, go well, with them too? What the heck does that mean? Well, it's very clear. clear. Um, there is um, back... Um, um, well, it's when Jesus was walking this earth... Um, the Roman Empire was taken over, and there was uh, Cyrus, I think he was, let me see, Cyrus the Great. He had made a rule that the postal, um, that, you know, they had po- a postal service. Ba- basically, um, what would happen is the people would have to, would that would carry the bags, they would need help. And so what they would do is they would have people, basically, they made people carry their bag one mile, okay? Then the Roman soldiers who were in Israel or, you know, in, in the territory were like, hmm, this works out really good for us. The Jewish people hated the Romans or in the Roman soldiers because they were in their territory. And not only were they in their territory, they had to pay taxes to them and they were ruled over by them. And um, so they weren't happy about this. So what would happen is as a Roman soldier would tell an, a Jewish person, um, I need you to carry my bag. You're going to carry my bag. It was like a backpack. You're going to carry my backpack for a mile. And they have mile markers on the road just like we do on our highway. So it's very easy for them to know. So what happened is the Jewish person would have to drop everything they were doing, drop all their bags, whatever they were carrying. Everything was put down wherever the Roman soldier told them that they were to pick up their bag. They would walk a mile. And they'd have to walk all that mile all the way back to pick up their other stuff. The Jewish people hated the Romans. And then on top of that, now the, a Roman soldier is telling, me, telling them, you got to carry it. So it was two miles, the one mile to get there and the one mile to get back. And what Jesus said to them is, don't just carry it one mile, carry it two. That's good. So if you didn't do it, guess what? You got flogged. So you really didn't have much choice. I mean, you were going to carry, you were going to carry that bag, that backpack. And they hated them for it. And what Jesus basically was saying is go above and beyond what is asked of you, even if you don't like the person that's asking you to do it. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's like where the worldly like go the extra mile for somebody came from. Probably because scapegoat 
is from the Bible. There's lots of terms that we use that are biblical all the time. You're a thorn in my side. You're a thorn in my side. People always say the thorn in in Paul's side was sickness and disease. Actually, no, you're a thorn in my side is a people problem. And it's when you say somebody's a thorn in your side, you're talking about a person is a problem to you. But people don't correlate it. You know, they don't. They, it allows them to believe that sickness and disease is okay. Right. Not in any part of the scripture does it talk about that Paul dealt with a sickness or an illness. It, only that Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. Right. And what Jesus was saying, or what, what was, Paul was being told is, I can help you with these people problems. My grace is sufficient for you to get you through these people problems. Right. Not like you're blind or you whatever people say that it was blindness and what was the other thing that people like to say his sickness was yeah but yeah blindness was the one that i heard yeah but the thing was is he got his sight back um after three days of fasting yeah um coming off damascus road so that makes no sense right i don't know i know he wasn't sick people yeah so that's what i would tell you I would absolutely say to you, uh, no matter how much you can't stand somebody, no matter how much uh, you validate and think that you're right, and listen, no one can no one can back themselves up more and convince themselves more that they're right than me. Okay, not in um, not in hatred or anything like that, but. There are things in my life that I sit there and go, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And I've convinced myself I'm right until someone convinces me that I'm wrong. Some things are easier for me to say, no, I made a mistake. But then there's some things that all of us dig our feet into the sand and say, and there ain't one person, even the person that's watching me right now says, nope, that's not me. I'm, you can, I'm, I'm always flexible. No, you're not. I haven't met one person ever that is flexible in believing they're right and wrong. If they believe they're right, maybe you convince them a little bit quicker than me, but on the whole, most people are, they may say to your face, no, 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 you're right. But inside they're like, I'm only saying that because maybe you're right, but I mostly think that I'm right, okay? They may say that with their mouth, but in their head it's different. I haven't met anybody, especially a type A person, like myself, most people like me are not ones that are quickly convinced that they're wrong. Um, So I understand that to a certain extent, but when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to loving somebody, you don't have a choice. Those are both commandments, and both of those are things that you must do. And you can convince yourself all day long that you don't have to. But in so much you forgive, you're forgiven. That's what the Bible says. So you don't have an option in that. And we are to love. We're to love one another. That's what the word says. I'm not saying you have to like everybody, but you have to love them in spite of themselves and in spite of yourself. And if you want the same, you have to give it. And it's not always fun, but you have to give it. So, you know, it's so funny because I, um, like... I talk about Heather all the time, and and I talk to I talk about Heather all the time. One is because um, Heather is is 
somebody that's not just a friend. She's like my kid. And so you treat, and you may understand this, but if, if you have someone like this in your life, but when you have somebody that's not your blood, but feels like your, but they feel like your blood, and you treat them like your blood, and you like treat them like your kid. Um, there's a fine line there sometimes uh, because that person could sit there and say, "But you're not my mother, or you're not my relative." So because of that, I'm not putting up with your crap. Now. There's a cherishing of, of having that close relationship, but I, I, want, I want to convey this correctly. Um, people are always going to get on your nerves. People are always going to be, um, no one's perfect, and no one's going to say and do the right thing all the time the way you want it. The closer you are to them, the more you reveal your true self to them and then you reveal your true frustrations uh, with the situation or even with each other right but I will say no matter how often um, she's gotten irritated with me or I've gotten irritated with her we're so close that she could pull the card or I could pull the card of um, we're not blood so let's just let's just treat each other like friends but I would say to you in that it's you if you don't allow people to get close to you because you're afraid of being hurt or of getting annoyed with them without forgiving them man you're missing out you're like that's the closest relationship that I can come to explain that if I didn't have that relationship in my life it would be devastating but with that there's got to be forgiveness on both of our parts more than just my daughter and my son does that make sense to you? My so son much. and daughter have to forgive me regardless. Right. Mm -hmm. Heather does not have to ever forgive me. Yeah. But there's got to be a grace. There's got to be a mercy. There's got to be a love. There's got to be, and no matter how close you are and how much you treat them, you have to, like, embrace the good and the bad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense at so all in what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it does. I hope it does. Because... Some people don't understand what I'm talking about, maybe, because you've never had that closeness of a relationship outside of blood. But that's the only thing that I can explain. Or they refuse to do that. Like, they refuse to do what Heather, Heather does and just work through it. They just, they do say what you said, where they're like, you're not, you're not my mom, you're not my sister, like, this isn't going to work. But you guys work through it like family. Yeah, because what would you do without that relationship? Right. And lots of relationships are lost. But if they're toxic, they should be lost. But if they're ones that, like, ours isn't toxic. Ours is just, like, family. Right. Family will drive each other crazy. But if you don't work through that driving through crazy, like, then you miss all the joys and the laughters and, and like, her, like, literally her on Wednesday teasing me and yeah. siding with Tom. Like, I think that's funny. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. I don't, I don't, like think oh she's ganging up against me or whatever do you know what I'm saying right. you can laugh at those things and not be so serious about yourself right. but you miss out on so much yeah. sometimes by not allowing people to be close with you or not forgiving when like people are just always gonna be you're never no one's ever gonna agree with everybody nobody's ever gonna always be like-minded everybody thinks that they're right like you give them ebb and flow
Like you got to give and take. I hope this is conveying because I think people miss out on really good relationships because they don't know how to love properly. Yeah. People are responding and saying that this message is for them. Yeah. You have to learn to love properly. And love isn't when it's convenient. Love is always. It's always. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What? Oh, pretty or ugly. Yeah. But most of the time it's beautiful. Right. But listen, like uh, for me and Heather, we work together. Dear Lords, you work together. I love you guys. See ya. Um, You work together. Then you live next door to each other. Yeah. Like we're, we're tight. Our families are very, very tight. Most people are not going to be as close as us and how we live, but you miss out. All I'm going to tell you is. If somebody gets on your nerves and you always have to be right and there's no flexibility, you're going to miss out on some great relationships that, I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. very, very sad to me. Yeah. Like in some ways. Like, like I think like our church is so unique in that. Put yourselves on really quick. <laughs> I would say like our church is very unique in that we love deep. Mm-hmm. We love very deep, but forgiveness runs thick, you know, and people have really great relationships. Um, People get as much as they really want, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. That's so true. It's so, but you have to like, like when somebody annoys you, you have to be able to say, even if they annoy you because they think they're so right and they're so wrong, Mm -hmm. you just can't care. Like, it's just like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. though, is having leadership at the top tell us that stop getting offended because nobody says that at church and everybody at church gets offended so when the leadership our pastor pastor tom says don't refuse to be offended just yeah. don't be offended you don't go to work and then quit because you're offended don't be offended in the church so when we all have things that we need to talk through we can do it yeah. even if it's like a rebuke in a way that people might see it that way they see that it's coming from a place of love like we truly love you and want to see you free yeah you know and you know i sit there and i think like there are so many people in florida in florida we're all like not me but a lot of us are transplants mm-hmm. like our families are somewhere else yeah. like we need each yeah. other yeah and we 100%. are brothers and sisters in christ right right do you know what i'm saying right. and i just think that I mean, this question is so great because it goes beyond hating. It's like, how do you learn to love, even if you don't hate, but how do you learn, learn, learn to love the right way so that you have these amazing relationships with people that you would miss out on because you let one little thing right. hold you back. Right, right. It, be, we all need each other. Yeah. Like, I think to myself, like, Tracy, what would I do if you had never moved here? And then on top of that, if you hadn't decided that – your church was woke and you needed to find a new one. If COVID hadn't happened, I, I wouldn't have you I know. in my life. I, I would have never met you. I, t- I have thought that to myself so many times. Like, a life without Tracy would be pretty sucky. <laughs> it really would. And, like, uh, Logan, you're amazing. But my daughter, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what Norma loves you. Like, what would life be like without Logan for Norma? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Th- that's what I say to people. If you are a person that feels like you don't have anybody examine yourself and say why is that and maybe it's because your requirements are too high and you should be a, a, like you should hold yourself in high regard like you're priceless you're 
you shouldn't just have anybody as your friend. But listen, maybe you need to like be not so stringent and strict on and like if one person does one thing that it's like it's over right yeah I saw something on Instagram the other day and it was showing like what happens when you have toxic friends and the way that they handle situations and I read the comments and they said this is why it's important who you hang around I read the comments and they're like yeah good luck finding one good Christian friend and then I look at our church and like our we have a Tuesday group we have like 19 people there on Tuesday it's crazy my mom has her Bible study and she has and she has like between anywhere between 12 and 17 people who come to hers and they are tight yeah like they love each other you mess with one of them (laughs) they may be in their 70s and 80s but watch out yeah you're getting it like they like they're close Mm -hmm. with each other i just for me i just sit there and and i reverse like i said i reverse that question is yes i understand being betrayed but also there's a thing of how do you love? Right. Love is super important. It is. It is. And so many ways, love casts out all fear. I mean, there's just so many great scriptures about it, but people are missing out on phenomenal relationships because either love isn't, they don't look at love correctly, or they're very guarded, mm-hmm. or they're easily offended. Yeah. Yep. There they are. Yeah, it's very sad. Don't miss out on amazing relationships because you're the one holding you back. I'm telling you right now, like, I don't even know. There's so many people I can name off. Now, this is the best version of this church we've ever had. It is. I mean, we've had some phenomenal people attend this church, but I've never seen anybody like this group of people attend with the same heart and mind behind the mission of what the word says and um it's just amazing some phenomenal people so if you come to foundation church and you can't find a friend you might need to look at yourself and say what's wrong with me because seriously seriously there's no reason and and tom's big thing is no clicks and it's no clicks no clicks he will not allow them we have 19 people no in the gimmicks. Tuesday group. And huh? some, we have 19 people now that come to the Tuesday group, and they'll hang out in little groups, and nobody's mad at each other. Like, why do you not invite me? Like, it's just, it's simple. It's free. It's, yeah. it, like, there's no offense. It, I, I don't know. It's just so easy here. It is easy. It is. I think so. I do. But some, if you don't have a, a church and you live in the area and you need friends, yeah. Foundation Church is probably the place you need to try out because there are some amazing people. Like, I'm not just saying it to say it, but I know the Ark Church will tell you everybody in their church is beautiful and great. That's <laughs> true. But I'm just saying. It's true. You haven't, ch- shown, you haven't tried Foundation Church. Yeah, try it out. It's totally different. It it's out. what's real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not a sign being held up. Yeah. It's actually what's real. It is. You can hide behind a sign. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you understand what that means, if you might not understand what that means. True. But people sure. hide behind signs. It's really easy to hold up a sign. It's really hard to, you know, be what you say that sign is. Mm-hmm. So next question. Could you possibly do a podcast on your thoughts regarding the U.S. Code for USC 8, Respect the Flag? The flag represents a living country and is itself considered a living thing? Question mark. Please and thank you. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what that question is. I don't. And I feel bad because I don't understand it. I listen. I love the flag. I respect the flag. There's things that I know about the flag 
Like you're not supposed to let it touch the ground. You're not. It's only supposed to hang a certain way. Um, like you can't. I mean, it's supposed to be folded a certain way. I mean, there's just all these rules. I even looked up U.S. Code for USC eight. Respect the flag. I looked it up, and the list of items is like eleven, but they're it's long sentences, so I wasn't going to put it on here. But I don't understand the question, so I apologize for that. If you're watching, if you can rephrase it and uh, rephrase it so that I can better understand it, I absolutely will ask answer this question. That's one of the reasons why. I am reading it to you. And here's the thing. I love this question. You know why I love this question? Because it's not the normal question. People like ask the same old questions over again. And I don't mind answering them. I really don't. But there's other questions we can talk about. Yeah. And this one's a good one. It absolutely is. The only thing that it's not good is because I don't understand what you're saying. But otherwise, I love the question. And it's probably me that doesn't understand it. But I don't understand it. So... Um, but I want to answer it. So if you wrote that question, please, please, please let me know and re resend it. And I absolutely will. Next question. <clears throat> Moses is considered the author of the first five books of the Bible, yet he dies in Deuteronomy for all the people not familiar with the Bible. This is only the fourth book of the Bible. How does Moses write about his death? And then the book of Joshua with everything that took place when he was up the creek without a paddle. Or in this case, up the mountain without a pulse. Okay, so, hey, Tracy, can you pull up my first graph? Yep. This one? Yep. Okay. Let's look at the first books of the Bible. The Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is number five. Joshua is number six. I don't think you can count. The first books were written by Moses. They're the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So all five books were written by Moses. He did not write the book of Joshua. Joshua wrote the book of Joshua. Does that make sense, ladies? Yep. Okay. I think what happened is, is when the person that wrote this question, they probably were reciting the number of books. And they forgot one. And that's the, the thing I think. You forgot one of the ones, and so you went straight to Joshua, thinking that that was the right thing. But it ain't. So, you're wrong. In your question, you said, for all the people not familiar with the Bible, this is only the fourth book of the Bible, which is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is number five. Let's go. But 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 here's the thing. Your question, like... I love you for this question because this question, the, the your question, like took me to a whole nother place. And if you hadn't asked this question, even though you you can't count, like I would never have gotten to this. I'm just kidding. You can count. You just missed. I think you just missed one of the books. It, it's irrelevant. Who cares? Um, I love you for asking this question though because it totally opened up some really great stuff for me for for people. So let's pull up what I want to talk about. So if you look at the books of the Old Testament, this one. that's the one I want, girlies. If you look at the book of the Old Testament, you'll, and I'm, you're looking at me look up because I'm actually looking at um, the screen with you instead of looking down here um, at my computer. So if you look at the first sections, it's called the law. So the Old Testament is written specifically, and a lot of people don't understand this, 
But if you understand it, you're like, it's an aha moment. You're like, oh my gosh, that makes sense now. So let's look at that. The first five books, or no, that's the New Testament, sweetie. I need the Old Testament. Okay, coming in. There you go, baby. All right, I'm going to switch it. That's it right there. Leave it up like that. So if you look at the first five books, Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. If you look at what it says, it's those f first five books, those are the law, and they were provided through Moses. There you go. Um, and these books document man's first relationship with God culminating in his written law. Now, here's the thing. That's very important because when you look at the New Testament, you're going to go, oh, my gosh. So then there's the history. You look at from Joshua all the way to Esther. That talks about the history of the Jewish people. Although historical, this is really the this is really the history of God's chosen people, Israel, and the example of their relationship to God in terms of their obedience to his law and will. They document the fact that man cannot achieve salvation except by means of a savior. So if you read all the way from Joshua to Esther, you're going to realize that. Or you might not, but now you might when you're reading it. Because this is, there's, there's sections of the Old Testament and New Testament that make sense as to the reason why they're broken up like they are. That's why chronological confuses people. When it's chronologically put in there, like Genesis, if you read Genesis, you would find out Job is a part of Genesis, and people have no idea about that. But the, but the Bible was set up this way, the way that it is, not chronologically, so that you would understand the law, the history, the prophets, and then uh, there's journals right up there. But then it goes to journals. Job through the Song of Solomon, except for the journals of a few righteous men, we would never know the true effect of God's law as of God's law as intended. Then there. So I'm hoping this makes sense to you because most people don't understand the structure of the Bible and how important it is because it's even part of the studying of it. Then there's major prophets and minor prophets. A lot of people don't even know that like Isaiah was a prophet all the way through Malachi. You're talking about prophets here. And then some of the major prophets are like the ones that were big time, big, big words, big things spoken through them. Minor, still good, but you won't see the same things that you will see in Isaiah through Daniel. Um, if you look at those major prophets, those major prophets, um, if you focus on them, you'll find that they correlate with revelation and they prophesy about the end times. Like there's no tomorrow. It's crazy. But it says, having given his law and called a specific people, Israel, to be devoted exclusively, exclusively to him, God provides feedback through his prophets as to Israel's, Israel's disobedience, man's inability to please, please God, and how God himself will reconcile mankind to himself through a new covenant initiated by the coming Messiah. Major prophets talk about Jesus' Jesus's birth, about his coming, and through the in the end times of that. These books are essentially God's commentary on man and his plan of salvation on uh, for them. So that's the reason why the Bible is the way that it is. Most people don't know that, though. Let's go to the New Testament. The New Testament. If you look at the New Testament, you leave it like that, girl. Okay. okay. If you don't mind. First four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the Gospels. Those are what would be considered the law, which is Jesus Christ coming to this earth. Whereas the first five books of the Old Testament are God's law through Moses and New Testament. The New Testament begins with the fulfillment of the law and the new covenant in Christ. 
Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Pretty cool, right? So you can see how the Old Testament and the New Testament correlate. One's not better than the other. They just go together. They fit like a glove. Then the history is the book of Acts. That should make complete sense. In the Old Testament, the books of Joshua through Esther documented God's people, Israel, and their failure to keep the Old Covenant. Acts is the history of God's people, the church, adhering to the New Covenant. And then you got the journals, which is Paul's letters, which is Romans through Philemon. And then the general letters, which would be Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Jude. Those were not written by Paul right? There were far fewer Old Testament journal books that documented the results of obedience to God's law and promises than prophetic writings, which documented man's ability to be saved by the law. In the New Testament, due to the ongoing success of the church to follow God, due to the saving power and grace of Christ Jesus, there are far more journals or commentaries on applying the gospel to our life in order to realize God's plan of salvation for all mankind. Then you got Revelation, which is the prophet. John wrote the book of Revelation. And what does that do? That prophesies about the end times when Christ returns. Although far fewer in number than the Old Testament revelation contains uh, both messages that Old Testament prophets typically conveyed, God's call of righteousness for his people, um, which is Revelations chapters 1 and 2, and for the foretelling of God's plans and working for the future. Boom. Super good. Super awesome, and if that person had not asked that question about Deuteronomy, I hope that explains things. People, like, don't understand that. So good, like, so good, super important, awesome, awesome. Um, And I can't get to the last question. We've run out of time already. Um, So I'm... I had two more questions, and I'm going to try and figure out how I'm going to close this out so that it makes sense. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to close it out because I'm going to save that for the next time, uh, for the next one when I can when I can um, do that together. Whatever. Do you guys have anything to add? No, this was wonderful. No, th- <laughs> no. What did Logan, Tracy? What did, what did Logan consummate just say? consummate on. cheerleader? Hold on, I have. Proof. What did you just say in the comments that you, what happened when you were reading, watching all this? Oh, I'm learning. She's learning. Oh, you're learning. See? God bless. See, if, 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 if Logan's the only one that's learning, then that's all that matters. Nope. I will tell you, I mean, I will, uh, I will tell you, like, nobody taught me that, those things. Mm-hmm. I've taught myself those things, right. which is great. And you'll teach yourself a lot of things, Logan. But that's, I mean, that's one of the things that I love about this podcast because... Um, I never had somebody that I just felt comfortable with that I could send a question into. I mean, I had my mom, but, or my dad, but my dad was a long lecturer. Like, listen, you ask my dad a question, you might be there an hour and a half, two hours later. (laughs) Yeah. I know the feeling. My mom, (laughs) no. My mom, not not a woman of, I mean, she can talk, don't get me wrong. This apple did not fall far from that tree. But I'm just saying, she's not going to take me down an hour and a half to a two-hour lecture. I don't know. So, um, but I, but short and sweet and answering questions, see, I would have loved that. So that's one of the reasons why I think God told me to do this podcast because there's a lot of people that don't know 
that this is easy. An hour and am I four hour four minutes over? An hour and three minutes. So an hour and four four minutes. You know, get in, get out two times a week. There's a thing called Ask the Pastor. I think it's on CTN, which I think uh, my friend Sue was telling me about that she used to love to watch. But I actually did not know that that was on CTN. I just so happened saw it like two weeks ago. It's called Ask the Pastor. But it's it's nothing like this (laughs) at all. Hmm. At all. They're very philosophical. Okay. And they're all the different denominations. Okay. Very nice people. But listen, you ain't going to hear what I say. You ain't going to hear that from them. They don't talk like I talk. talk. True. They don't act like me. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't going to talk about their hair, which poor Jolene was like, do you like your hair? Now, listen, if you come to church on Sunday, you're going to sit there and go, your hair looks different. My hair does not look like what you're seeing it actually on the screen because we have to do all this color. Poor Tracy. Okay, when you see me, it doesn't look exactly like this. It looks very different. So know that I didn't get my hair done again. Yeah, exactly. It's just the lighting and the coloring. Yeah. Welcome to TV. Welcome to TV. <laughs> this is true. Um, that's it. That's all we got. That's all we wrote. I'm going to say if you don't know Jesus, then we want you to know about him today. If you've known him in the past and you've walked away, today's your day. Easy peasy. Just say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you for dying for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask that from this day forward, I'd live for you. And I will do the work that you tell me to do. I will fulfill all the plans that you have for me and I will be mighty and strong in the Lord if you prayed that prayer know that you're going to heaven we want to know that you uh, you did that we want to be able to stand with you we want to pray with you we want to if you have any questions we want to be there for you um, otherwise just have a great weekend we will see you on Wednesday if you don't have a church, we want to see you on Sunday. Hey, do we have any information on how to watch the podcast? See, I'm wearing one of my husband's podcast shirts. By the way, mm-hmm. hold on. Which hair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, there you go. Okay. okay. Got it. If you, if you want to know what's going on in and around the world, and you just watch my podcast, but you don't know my husband, he's the pastor of Foundation Church. You can tune in and watch him on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. First part is uh, worship. Next part is his preaching. Phenomenal preacher. If you want to know the Word of God, he'll teach you it. Um, But he actually uses the Bible, which is rare because nobody uses the Bible anymore when they preach. Um, Then if you're wanting to know what's going on in and around the world, then tune into his podcast. The podcast is on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturday. Tuesday and Thursday, it's at 8.30. It's from 8.30 to 10. And on Saturday nights, it's from 10.30 to 11.30. You can watch it on CTN, um, which is uh, satellite. Or you can tune in, on, tune in on Black Robe or Facebook. We don't really like Facebook, to be honest with you. Big thumbs down. There's Rumble. Rumble's the way to go if you don't turn into Black Robe. 
Uh, but watch his podcast. It's phenomenal. He'll keep you. You won't even need to watch the news. And the little bit of time that uh, he'll, you'll know in an hour and a half yep. on Tuesday and then an hour and a half on Thursday and then on Saturday for an hour, you'll need to know everything that you need to know about what's going on in and around the world and you can free yourself up for the rest of the time. With a biblical perspective. With the bib- Oh, yeah, 100% right. biblical right. perspective. Thank yep. you very much because that's what he does. doesn't just give you the news. He gives you the hope of what the word says. Right. We do not need to be heavy laden. Nope. It does. Listen, it don't matter what's going on in and around the world. God's got us. We're good to go. It's 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 irrelevant. So, huh? Father's Day. <laughs> Logan would know that. She's her husband's about to be the first time a father. This Father's Day is his first Father's Day. Hey, he's getting a weed whacker. Okay, that's like getting a mixer for Mother's Day, <laughs> or a vacuum for Mother's Day. <laughs> a weed whacker. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a dad Dear gift. Dear Lord. Okay, somebody definitely needs to teach them about gifts. <laughs> that's I, terrible. I kind of like it, too. That's a terrible I gift. Like it. Unless you're naked and wrapped around that weed whacker, oh, that sucks. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. That sucks. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. That's special. Yeah. That's special. Your b- birthday suit with a weed whacker. That's all I'm going to say. Otherwise, don't give the weed whacker. And Chris, you're welcome. Oh, my gosh. All right, people. Have a wonderful weekend. Fathers, happy Father's Day. Listen, you are truly important. People, you know, this world has gone crazy because they think that men uh, have a less a lesser importance in the home when in all actuality you are umero numero number one Amen. and without you the house does not function it does not function as the god design as god designed it to do you are the catalyst to whether your wife and your children serve the lord at the highest and best use that they can you make that or break that and that is super important so although you carry a heavy weight on you you are loved, appreciated, and thank you if you're doing the job correctly. We love you guys. Without you, the home wouldn't be the home. It wouldn't be what it's supposed to be. So kudos to you. I hope you have a great day. I hope your uh, family showers you. If you get a weed whacker, I hope your wife's wrapped around the weed whacker in a, in a, in a way that you would like. Other than that, I don't know what to tell you. Be blessed. Have a great weekend, and I love you. Bye. Real talk.